podcast about music pro wrestling and mma back from a two-week hiatus uh, i was out in cali out in la and went to uh glory kickboxing and uh, bellator M- mma uh, bellator 170 headlined by chael sonnen versus tito ortiz and uh was was out there for a week after that it was kind of hard for me to do the podcast while i was out there so i just skipped it but the last couple of days of my my stay out there I got the flu, and then it continued on for a week after it, so I just took the following week off, but I'm back now. Hopefully, I'm not sick anymore, and uh, we've got a great show for you today. Um, actually, I was able to get a, a bunch of uh, short interviews with uh, with a few of the Bellator fighters at the at the media day while I was out there. Uh, those in- included uh, Bamba Vasconcelos. Colleen Schneider, uh, Shinzo Machida, Derek Anderson, Derek Campos, and Emmanuel Sanchez. So I'm going to bring bring you all those uh, little interviews that I did uh, for this week's podcast. Um, and before we uh, get into all that, uh, I definitely want to remind you how you can support the podcast. If you uh, go to freshesthepodcast.com, uh, please just share anything that you see on there. There's a lot of um, a lot of episodes we've done thus far. There's a few articles. There's some uh, photo galleries from wrestling events. Uh, just go ahead and share whatever you want on your social medias. Um, just, you can click on the support the podcast link, and there's a PayPal link that you can donate to. Or if you uh, do any shopping on Amazon, use the Amazon link on that uh, page, and uh, they'll you know kick back some commission for us. And you can also uh, you can always subscribe to Fresh as the Word on both uh, Stitcher and iTunes. Uh, just uh, search Fresh as the Word and it should come up. And give us a five-star rating and a comment. If I see that there's any comments on there, I'll definitely read them on the show. Uh, you can also follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Fresh as the Word 1. That's Fresh as the Word number 1. And also you can go to Facebook and go to Facebook.com slash Fresh as the Podcast and follow, uh, follow Fresh as the Word on there. Give us a like. Uh, and... Uh, you know, that would be great, you know, just anything that could uh, help us, you know, build the podcast because we got a, a lot, we got a lot of great things in the works. Uh, so definitely would like to get some more fighters and more pro wrestlers on the, the podcast. So if you're any of those type of people and you're listening to this, holler at me, you know, my uh, email address is fresh, uh, djkfresh at gmail.com or you can follow me personally on um 
Twitter at Rensoul, that's R-E-N-S-O-U-L, or on Instagram at Rensoul Detroit. And uh, we can chop it up, you know. We can uh, just hit me up anyways, you know. Let me know your comments or anything like that. Um, before we get in, um, after we get into these uh, Bellator interviews, uh, like always, my co-host V Styles will uh, get on the mic and we'll talk uh, about what's going on in Bellator, UFC, uh, the WWE, and we also reminisce about uh, the late great Detroit hip hop MC and producer JD, aka J Dilla, whose uh, birthday and his passing was uh, was this week. You know, his uh, he uh, passed away uh, January tenth. I mean, February 10th of 2006, so that's about 11, that's 11 years ago. Definitely missed. So uh, we're going to chop it up about our, uh, you know, memories about JD. Uh, before we uh, get into the interviews, so the Bellator interviews, uh, just like to remind you of if you need any uh, great uh, screen printing done in the Detroit, the metro Detroit area, uh, I have some buddies that... Uh, you know, from uh, Undeniable Press that can help you out with any of your screen printing needs. Uh, you can go to facebook.com slash undeniable.press and give them a like and uh, hit them up if you need any t-shirts or some posters or any other, you know, screen printing done. They're located in Corktown, Detroit, the Corktown, Detroit neighborhood. And also the same guys who uh, run Undeniable Press, they uh, run a... Uh, a clothing line that's uh, wrestling themed called uh, 20 by 20 apparel and they have some really cool wrestling themed designs I have a few uh, t-shirts from them that I uh, that I rock all the time uh, you can go to their website which is the number 20 X the number 20 apparel.com that's 20 by 20 apparel.com you can also uh, check them out at facebook.com at 20 X 20 apparel and uh, Give them a like and, you know, support them. There's some good brothers. All right, first up on the Bellator interviews is uh, Bamba Vasconcelos. Uh, that weekend at, at uh, Bellator 170, he did defeat John Mercurio via KO in the second round. So uh, let's get to the interview with uh, Bamba. Okay, I'm here with Bamba. Uh, we're the second fight in uh, Bellator. You know, thoughts about fighting in Bellator? That's an awesome, it's an awesome tournament. I love, I love being here. Uh, Bellator treat us like so good, and fight for them is like a, it's a pleasure for me. Your uh, your last fight was a win over uh, Jordan Dowdy. Um, what was your thoughts after that fight going into uh, thinking about what to do in the future? It was a pretty good fight. You know, I, I did my game plan, which is like uh, take him down. Which I was thinking like uh, it would be a more easy for me. And I could, I didn't good on this. Uh, and I don't think about next fight. After I finish that, I say, okay, let's see what's going on. And I make plans to try fight on the same card, Charles, and it's happened. Okay, your uh, opponent uh, this weekend is uh, John Mercurio. Um, what, what do you think the outcome of this fight is going to be? What did you do to, uh, to train for this fight? Yeah, so he's a Muay Thai guy. He's very aggressive. So I did all my camp training with Joe Schilling which is a kind of same thing, you know. Uh, uh, so I'm, 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 I'm pretty like, I'm pretty ready for the, any situation and I can't wait for this moment. What do you do to uh, evolve as a fighter with a, uh, 
an MMA community and industry that is forever changing and evolving into so many different aspects right now with money coming into, uh, uh, into the equation, uh, with just the entertainment aspect. What do you do to sort of evolve to uh, fit into all of this? Uh, I try to be myself, you know. I'm always myself. I think uh, that I try to sell my fights and that's what it is, you know. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a just a regular guy. <laughs> right. <laughs> to show up on the occasion, put everything I got. Uh, but I think, I think everybody sell what it is on the, in the end, you know. So. And uh, I'm a bit of a music guy too. What sort of music do you listen to when you're uh, training? Kind of like uh, I like everything, but at least a lot of. I always, the guys always make a joke with me too. I always, at least a lot of Lil Wayne. Oh, yeah, I like, I like a lot of hip hop. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, what sort of music do you listen to when you're just relaxing, you know, at the crib or at home or whatever? Uh, listen more, I like Oasis. Okay. Yeah, this kind of style of music is very cool. Very relaxed. <laughs> cool, man. It's been good talking with you, man. Good luck this Thank weekend. Thank you, so that was my interview with Bellator middleweight Bamba Vasconcelos. He defeated John Mercurio via knockout in the second round of Bellator 170. Next up is my interview with featherweight contender Shinzo Machida, brother of current UFC middleweight Lyoto Machida, who defeated Jamar Ochampa via TKO in the third round at Bellator 170. We talked about his time in Bellator along with uh, making a bigger push in fighting at more of an older age. So here's the interview with Shinzo Machida. I'm right, here with Chinzo Machida. Uh, uh, he's fighting this uh, weekend uh, against uh, Jamaro Ochampa, featherweight, uh, at the uh, Bellator 170. Um, this is your second uh, fight in Bellator. Um, how's your experience been uh, thus far with Bellator? Yeah, it's very good. I'm so excited to fight to Bellator. This is going to be my second fight. I had a very good camp. I had a great, very good preparation for that fight. And I feel confident and I feel comfortable. What did you do uh, to uh, prepare yourself for this fight? I'm sorry? What did you do to uh, prepare yourself for, for this yeah, fight? Yeah, I prepare for any situation. You know, I have a good camp, I train in ground game, I train takedowns, I train stand-up technique for sure. But my background is stand-up technique. So for sure I try to keep my karate techniques on, on the cage. Your previous uh, fight was a win over Mario Navarro. Uh, that was your first Bellator uh, fight. Um, how did it feel to uh, kick off your Bellator run with a win? It's very good because, especially because it was my first fight, so I have I had a good debut to the Bellator, and there many people comment about my knockouts, and so I'm, I'm happy to Bellator, and I'm, as I, I would like to fight maximum as I can. Right now, you're you know you're 39 years old. Only had six fights before. There's always been talk about your age and experience. But you're making this push now. Why are you making this push right now to uh, fight? I'm sorry. Why? Why? Why right now? Why are you making this uh, big push yeah. to uh, fight often now? Yeah, because I'm 39 years old, but I still feel confident. I still feel strong, fast. You know? So I don't worry too much about my age because I'm still. And also, I'm, I'm young in MMA career, but I know I'm 39 years old, but the guy I'm fight is uh, younger than me, but maybe I can be faster than them. So, if I, if I can do that, 
as maximum as I can, as long as I can, I will try, I will, I will keep it, fight for sure. You're 39 years young, not old. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, actually, actually depends on your mind, you know? Right. If you are 39 years old, 33 years old, but if you put your, put your mind that you old, right. you old, you know? Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, when you moved to the United States, uh, you were uh, you said that you were, uh, had more opportunities to fight. How how is that possible? Who gave you those opportunities to fight? Where, where did those opportunities come from? Yeah, because I had two fights from RFA, so this gave me the credential to the Bellator side with me. So after after Bellator signed with me, they invited me to come more often, to fight more often. So that gave me more opportunity. And as I'm living here in the United States, this gives me more opportunity to fight through, through the Bellator. What were those initial talks with Bellator like? Because I had a, a good last two fights to the RFA, and I had I had a very good knockout with the Flyney, and the next one I fought with the Dimitri, the guy that I won as well, and the Bellator interesting to my to my fights. Given that you're in Bellator now, does your uh, does your brother give you any advice about your uh, current push here? Yeah, for sure. Because my brother, he can pass to me. He has a lot of knowledge because he has knowledge and a lot of experience as a as a, a fighter. So he gave me to me a lot of advice and how can I can I improve my techniques? So that's gonna help me a lot. But also, it depends on myself. I have to focus and push myself at the time. In, in, in your words, you know, how do you feel like a, a fighter should evolve in a MMA industry that's forever changing? MMA? How, how should a, a fighter evolve? What should they do to stay relevant in, a, in this ever-changing MMA industry? How can you teach me the hallway? Um, what do you think you need to do to sort of uh, evolve as you know the fight industry is always changing and there's always new obstacles and new things that are coming about, changes in the way people fight. How do you stay relevant? Yeah, well, MMA is a still young, so many f there is a season that's the MMA chain. First of all, is a jiu-jitsu. Second, is a wrestling guys. After the guys from stand-up technique, you know. So now we can see the the new guys came with the, for example, Conor McGregor. He has a good distance, a good time. So came with the different way a little bit. The, the, the MMA changed a little bit because the new guys come with the different idea yes. or the different techniques. So this makes the MMA change all the time and to become MMA so exciting. I'm a bit of a music guy. Uh, what sort of music do you listen to when you're training? Actually, I don't usually do listen to music when I train, you know. Usually, I, I don't. I don't use that kind of. You just stay focused. Yeah, chain, stay focused. Yeah, yeah. Down. Yes. What, what sort of music do you listen to when you're just, uh, you know, at home relaxing? More uh, popular music. You know? Popular music. Who's I don't have. I, I don't have some guy <laughs> like that. Good. Thanks for talking with me. Good luck. Thanks so much. 
So that was my interview with Chinzo Machida. Uh, next up is my interview with Derek Anderson, who lost in a unanimous decision in a 161-pound catchweight fight with uh, Bellator, at Bellator 172, Derek Campos. The funny thing about this fight was during it, since both guys named Derek, the whole crowd was chanting, let's go, Derek. It was quite amusing. So let's get to the interview with Derek Anderson. All right, we're here with uh, Derek Anderson. I uh, fought a uh, fight this weekend with uh, Derek Campos, lightweight. Um, you, you've been in, been in Bellator for a few years now. Uh, last couple of fights have been successful. How are you feeling these days? Feeling good, man. You know, I just, uh, I just can't wait to stay active and, um, you know, uh, get my shot soon. I'm feeling real good, real confident. I can't wait to get more fights. I'm just, you know, it's my job. And, uh, I've got no injuries now, so it's time to just keep rolling. Sometimes, you know, certain fighters can, uh, can kind of caught up going, like, they want to be in the UFC. And uh, being in Bellator um, definitely isn't the, you know, UFC isn't the only place in town. Uh, what's your experience been like uh, fighting in Bellator? Um, you know, yeah. I like it, man. You know, I'm a little guy, too, so, uh, I'm, you know, I'll stick around Bellator as long as they keep me, you know, and treat me well. Uh, like, um... They're, they're, you know, it's been good, man. Like, I don't got no complaints, you know, so. Right. Uh, I'm here to stay, you know. I'm here to get that belt and then move up and then get another belt. You know what I mean? <laughs> you were uh, supposed to fight uh, Paul Daly in uh, November, but he fell ill. Yep. Um, were you disappointed that that uh, fight got canceled? And what do you do when you train so hard and then all, at the last minute it gets uh, canceled? Uh, you know, yeah, absolutely. I was disappointed, but, uh, you know, I was a little sick, too, actually, myself. And, you know, I got some money for that fight, or for showing up, because I was going to fight either way. So, you know, um, it's not too bad, you know what I mean? And, uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, he's a, uh, it would have been a good name on my record, but, you know, stuff happens, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, this fight with uh, Derek Campos could solidify um, one of you guys as a contender in this lightweight division. How do you think you'll be able to break through in this division? Yeah, man, just keep knocking guys. I'm beating guys, you know what I mean? I need to get a finish. I want to hopefully knock out Derek Campos, choke him out. I need to start finishing guys again, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, just uh, just keep making statements, you know what I mean? Everyone was real impressed with my last fight with Saad Awad. Yeah. And uh, hopefully I'll make the same kind of uh, start the show off right uh, Saturday night. Through your career in uh, fighting, you know, how do you think the, uh, the landscape of this industry has changed? with uh, this uh, sort of idea of you know sports entertainment kind of uh, going more into it, the Vince McMahon sort of playbook, and then there's more and more talk about money fights, and then uh, fighters um, trying to, you know, wanting more assurances for their health and whatnot. What do you, how do you think that the, the, has uh, evolved during your time? That's good, man. You know, we need that, you know, like, uh, you know, like, uh, I mean, you know, especially the UFC kind of tries to monopolize the sport, and, you know, it's a good thing Bellator's coming up uh, real good. We're real good competitors with them now, you know what I mean? Because uh, I don't want, you know, I mean, uh, it sucks when, uh, you know, and then two, you know, we got these money fights going on. It's like, man, let me fight Conor McGregor, just please, you know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Trying to get some money like that. Right. Yeah. yeah there's a, as a fighter, you got that finite time to make money. 
Yep. How do you sort of balance that with uh, trying to go after a title? Uh, well, you know, I just uh, you just got to work as hard as you can. I'm trying to work as hard as I can and get it done right now, man. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, uh, what do I got to wait for? You know what I mean, right? Yeah. yeah so uh, I just work, work hard, get all these fights, beat everybody, you know, get a title shot, you know, keep going, you know? As a fighter, how do you evolve as a uh, fighter and a person as, within an industry that is forever changing? Uh, well, you just got to keep working on your skills, you know what I mean, and, uh, you know, get your head right, and, uh, you know, uh, I got a few ways of doing that, I guess, you know what I mean, I like to get away from everything and just kind of, right. you know what I mean, do <laughs> right. my own thing, you know, and uh, kind of get my head set, you know what I mean? Cool. Yeah. I'm bit, like I was saying before, I'm a bit of a music guy. Sick. So what sort of music do you listen to when you're training? Uh, you know, I'm all about classic rock all the time, man. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, uh, anything classic, really, but mostly classic rock, for sure. You know I mean? that's, uh, that's my stuff. So, what sort of, which bands are your uh, uh, Man, there's so many, but, like, you know, I mean, we'll go with the Stones. I just went to the Desert Trip, you know, okay. a little bit ago. Yeah, everyone there was badass, you know what I mean? So, you know, some good old stuff like that. Zeppelin, Pink Floyd, you okay. know, yeah. What, do you, what sort of music do you listen to when you're just at home? That's the stuff, man. I go through all different stuff. I got a big old library of stuff, you know. It's all old, though. You know, yeah. I, for some reason, I just listen to old stuff. I'm old soul. And, um, <laughs> right. like, uh, so I got a big old library of stuff. And, you know, like, I'll, I'll skip some stuff at some time. You know, if I'm not in the mood for some, some metal or something like that, then I'll skip it to some mellow shit. You know what I mean? Like, even, like, Etta James and shit. You know what I mean? Like, okay. uh, yeah. Like, uh, just depends what mood I'm in, you know? Cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. All right. Good to talk with you. Thanks, man. Thank you. Yeah. So that was my interview with Derek Anderson. Uh, next up is my interview with Anderson's opponent that night, Derek Campos. He looked quite impressive at Bellator 170, win- winning in a unanimous decision over Derek Anderson. Uh, we talked about his time in Bellator and how he plans to break through in the company. You know, so here's my interview with Derek Campos. It's fight week, a lot of energy, ready to fight. Here with Derek Campos, who's uh, going against Derek Anderson this uh, weekend, Bellator 170. Um, you've been with uh, Bellator for a few years now. The last couple of fights have been successful. You know, how you feeling these days? You know, how are you going to keep up that momentum? I feel, I feel good. I feel great. Uh, and you know, to keep the momentum going. You know, it's just it's simple. You stay hungry. You know, I love to compete. I love, I love this sport. I love, this, you know, I love martial arts, and uh, that's how I keep it going. That's how I, I keep that fire. Being in Bellator, you know, Bellator definitely shows that UFC isn't the only show in town. You know, what's your experience been like uh, fighting for Bellator? My experience with Bellator has been amazing. You know, they they always take care of the fighters. They take care of me personally. Um, they always, you know, match me up against great opponents. You know, it's it's. I couldn't ask for more. You know, it's 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 like a, it's a it's a family business, and I know they work work hard. Bellator works hard, and uh, so I work hard to give back to to them. You feel like in Bellator, your fights seem important when time comes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just look at this car, this 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 matchup right here. You know, it's it's probably like the biggest Bellator MMA card to date, and. You know, I've been given the opening slot for the card, so I need to go out there and set the set the bar for the show. Yeah, set the tone. Yeah, and, and make make people tune into it at home. So I mean, it's a 
they always give me the best. They always put me in a position to shine, and you know what? I always love to capitalize on that. A leadoff hitter for the night. That's right. Yes. Um, your fight with Derek Anderson, you know, could have some nice uh, uh, implications to one of you guys being a top contender in the lightweight division. You know, how, how do you think you're going to break through into this division? You know, I'm going to, I can definitely break through in this division with uh, this Anderson fight by going out there and putting on a dominating performance and sending a message to the rest of the lightweight division. Because uh, even if I don't get a title shot right after this fight, you know, I still want to continue to fight the best guys. Guys like Benson Henderson, Josh Thompson, uh, Adam Piccolotti, and Brent Primus. You know, those are like the, the four top guys besides going in there against Derek Anderson this Saturday. And, but like I said, first things first, I'm going there and, and dominate Anderson and, and go to work continuously after that. So you feel like you can hang with uh, those those five guys? Oh, absolutely. You know, it's it's all about believing in yourself, and it's all about putting in hard work. Hard work and belief is going to take anyone anyone where they want to go. The MMA industry is you know forever evolving. Uh, there's definitely uh, the big you know ideas of money and money fights, and then the fighters are uh, you know fighting for more protection in a lot of different ways. You know, how do you feel like you yourself has evolved over the years as a fighter to be a part of this ever-changing industry? Well, first, uh, first and foremost, you know, to continue to be part of this, part of the MMA scene, and to compete at the level the athletes are competing at today, you have to be well-rounded. You have to continuously improve your game in all aspects, whether it be on the feet, on the ground. You have to get better, and you have to have essentially a unique style. And uh, for me, personally, it's just going out there and having a style, trying to have a style like a, like a bull like Mike Tyson. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and then second, you know, it's just being able to connect with the fans and, and showing them that your heart is in this sport because, you know, when fans see that, they respect that and they follow you. They, they share that same passion. And uh, so that's the way you that's the way you evolve in this sport. You know, you just, and, and when it comes to money, you know, you put in hard work and you, you, you'll get the rewards. Speaking of the fans, you know, have you felt any sort of response to the, to the Bellator fans out there uh, yet in regards to your you know, successes in this, uh, in this organization? Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I've had fans reach out to me and congratulate me on this past year, uh, especially that Melvin fight, and it's, it's, been, it's been amazing. You know, I love, I love the, uh, the positive reaction from the fans and how they, they show me love because I go out there and I put it all on the line. And I don't hold back, and that's what they respect and they love. And uh, it, you know, they want to see a spectacle. They want to see a brawl. And I'm out there, not only to compete to win, but I'm there to put on that spectacle and, and make them cheer. <laughs> I want to get their asses out of seats and, 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 and get them, give them something they pay for. You know? Definitely. Um, I'm a bit of a music guy. What sort of music do you listen to when you're training, if you do? You know, honestly, I mix it up. I listen to a little bit of rap, rock, and, uh, of course, like some electronic dubstep, you know what I mean? So, Who are some of your favorites? You know, actually, for this fight coming up, you know, I love running to some, uh, running and training to some Steve Aoki out here, you know? So, <laughs> you know, being from Texas, you wouldn't expect that, but, right. uh, yeah, Steve Aoki, you know, uh, oh, man, when it comes to rock, Chevelle. I'm a Chevelle Oh, fan. yeah. I'm a big Chevelle fan, yeah. So, uh, I, I 
mix it up, you know. Uh, it just depends. It just depends. What do you listen to when you're just chilling at home or just like in your car or whatever? Um, shoot, like I said, just some rock, some Foo Fighters, some Chevelle. Yeah. That's what, that's what I listen to. I'm a rock and roll guy, so. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. And if not, if it's not that rock, you know, I'll listen to some classic rock, you know what I'm saying? Uh, What's some of your favorite classic rock? Classic rock? Oh, man, for sure. Uh, Sticks. Okay. Uh, I like the 80s Scorpions. Okay, definitely, you know, definitely. Just bands like that. Mix it up. Depends awesome. on what kind of mood I'm in. So. <laughs> awesome. Good luck this weekend. Nice to meet you. Thank you very much. So that was my interview with Derek Campos. Uh, next up was a very fun interview with Emmanuel Sanchez, a featherweight contender who defeated Georgie Karahanian by majority decision at Belter 170. We talked about the music that he ends up listening to, which that was a question that I asked everybody. Like, what do they listen to when they're training? What do they listen to when they're just chilling outside of training? But it, it'd be funny. You'd be surprised on what he said. And then he dropped some bars for me, which was definitely cool. So here's my interview with Emmanuel Sanchez. Watch other guys. I'm a nerd. I just uh, watch fights like you wouldn't believe. So I'm always trying to better my technique in each and every uh, aspect. Awesome. Um, to, to continue your uh, Bellator run, you know, what's your training like these days? You know, what do you, you know, what do you think you need to do to uh, continue to be uh, relevant for Bellator? Uh, finishes, man. It, for me, it's my own. You know, in my own mind, in my own life, what I know I need to do to set it out to accomplish, you know. I've accomplished a lot, you know, I'd be proud of how far I've come, but uh, I still know on how much more I need to go. I'm only 26 years old, and uh, I'm still young in my career, man. I still have a long time in this game, and uh, I'm only getting better. Cool, man, cool. During your time as junior career as a uh, fighter, how do you uh, feel the landscape of this uh, industry has changed with it always changing in some way or another? There's definitely been the ideas of fighters looking to get more uh, you know, protection and things to help them out in regards to money or health-wise and everything. How do you feel like the, you know, the landscape has changed during your career? Um, it's changed a lot, you know, and I think they do need to do that, you know what I mean? Not just for guys at the highest level, but guys upcoming as well, man. Uh, I've been to too many local shows, you know, cornering teammates, and they don't got warm-up rooms, they don't give them water, they don't give, you know, it's just, it's pathetic, man, it's ridiculous. How do you expect guys to want to come out and fight for you or guys to put on a good show if you don't take care of them? So, you know, I most definitely want to uh, be that voice for other fighters on their way up as well. What's your experience been with Bellator all these years? You know, what, what's what about what is it about Bellator that sort of makes it special? Um, and that uh, how, how well they're uh, getting behind me, promoting me, you know, um, and promoting all the fighters, really, you know, so not just myself, but uh, they they definitely make uh, every fight. It's a big deal, you know. Every fight's a big deal. Sometimes. Some other fights get a little overlooked, you know, and uh, for here, man, every single fight counts, and they're all exciting fights. So uh, my favorite line is uh, people say whatever they want to say, but they all tune in to watch Bellator MMA. <laughs> bars, man, uh, bars. Bars all day long, bro. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a bit of a music person, too. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So um, do you want to listen, listen to any particular music when you're training? Um, I do, man, you know, some, some Don Omar, some Salsa, some Enrique Iglesias, believe it or not. I like some dancing music, man. I don't really need this uh, death metal or killer, too much killer hip-hop like Tupac, you know what I mean? Um, I do like a little bit, you know, don't get me wrong. If I was to go with, uh, hey, man, I need some, like, hardcore stuff, I'd go with Big Punisher. Oh, all right, all right, all right. What do, you, what do you listen to when you're not training and just kind of relaxing? No, 
I'm not training, believe it or not, kids' music, man. Yeah, you know, uh, I got a niece and two nephews, so, you know, they love all the little Disney movie songs and stuff like that, so it's like, I hear that every day, you know what I mean? Oh, so you have, like, Let It Go stuck in your head. Oh, yeah, le- oh, you would, like, you wouldn't believe, bro. And then, of course, all the songs from Moana recently, uh, what, Lilo on stage, of course, you know, Kung Fu Panda songs, it's like, it's never-ending, but you know what, I love it, man, you know what, uh, it's great. I'm their only uncle, so it's awesome, good. Awesome. All right, Manuel, uh, prediction for the fight against George this weekend? I'm looking to take him out first or second round, man. My knockout or submission. Uh, you want some bars? I'll give you some bars. My fighting style is 110% complete, and I can put people to sleep on the ground or on my feet. Hell yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good talk with you, man. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. So that was my interview with Emmanuel Sanchez. Now my favorite interview that weekend was with a new face of the Bellator roster, women's flyweight fighter, Colleen Schneider. Uh, She won her fight against Chrissy Daniels via submission, Anaconda Choke, in the first round at Bellator 170. Uh, We talked about her coming to Bellator, uh, her fighting Shayna Blazer in a wrestling match, and her relationship with with Metal Blade Records. Uh, She came out to uh, Goat Whore, I believe, one of her previous fights. Uh, she even recognized my Bullet Club hat that I had on. She was so much fun to talk to. So here's my interview with uh, Colleen Schneider. All right, we're here with uh, Colleen Schneider. Uh, it's uh, her first fight in Bellator this uh, this weekend. Um, you just told me you're a wrestling fan. And you uh, were uh, had a match before. I did. I wrestled Shayna Baszler in Premier Wrestling last year. Oh, awesome, awesome, awesome. You said you're a Bullet Club fan? I like Bullet Club. Um, Do you go to Pro Wrestling Guerrilla? I haven't yet. I'm from Detroit. Oh, okay, okay. So I I go to some of the things in the the Midwest. uh, and, uh, yeah, I've, I've been to uh, a couple of fights where uh, Shayna was at uh, yeah. um, AIW in Cleveland. She's over uh, doing stardom right now, touring in Japan. Yes, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah, awesome. All right, this is your uh, first fight in Bellator. Uh, why the move? How did the uh, opportunity come up? Uh, I think Bellator is a great promotion. I, I've thought that for a long time, so I decided to move down. To tw- I went down to 25 again, specifically to fight for Bellator. Your um, experience with uh, Bellator uh, thus far, you know, is there anything significant that you like about it in comparison to your to anywhere you've been in the past? The, well, Rebecca Ruth uh, pulled out due to an injury a little over a week ago, and Bellator worked their ass off to find me a replacement and managed to do it. And I know it was a really difficult thing, so okay. I hugely appreciate all the effort they put into that. Okay, yeah, it seems like they put a lot of effort in uh, and everything. Uh, <clears throat> What's your training like these days? You know, what what do you want to do to start this Bellator run off of the bank? I was thinking maybe a like a camel clutch or DDT <laughs> or I don't know. My Germans have been looking really nice lately. Yeah, oh, that'd be, that'd be awesome if uh, you were to <laughs> throw in a German suplex in the middle of that. I would totally mark out for that. <laughs> there we go. That's it then. I'll finish it that way, and you can be like, she called that. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Or in a sharpshooter or something. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you um, do you personally see the landscape of the women's MMA evolving? Uh, there's definitely a lot of been a shift in the talent from even a few years ago. Um, but do you see the opportunities to present this evolving in a proper manner to to have people like yourself be showcased properly? Yeah, I see it, and I'm a part of it, right? Um, 
there, when I first started fighting, there were women's fights were few and far between. I had the opportunity to fight for you know for Strike Force and then uh, the Ultimate Fighter and uh, you know Invicta running all female fights helps build up the talent pool of yes. women and you know Bellator. Um, the fact that they're going to establish titles for the women's division helps give that a lot of legitimacy and I think will pull more good fighters in. So it's absolutely expanding. Do you think the promotions themselves are uh, making the proper steps forward to uh, showcase and even inspire the next uh, generation of, uh, of women fighters? Um, it's getting it's getting better. It's moving in the right direction. There's more and more focus on it, and I yeah I think it's moving the way it's going to. You know, it's kind of it's a in a way it's a corporate machine. So there's only there's only so far you can push it. It's gonna go at the speed that it thinks it's profitable to go at, really. Um, but it's it's moving there, and it's yeah, it's going in the right direction. Okay, if you're successful this uh, this weekend, when you're su successful this weekend, at Bellator 170, you know, how do you how do you, what, do you, what do you foresee the future of Bellator? Uh, I'm happy to fight anyone they have on the roster, and ultimately, I want I want to fight for the title. I want their flyweight title, and I would love to be a part of the inaugural fight for that title. So you're calling it right now. You want you want to be first, you want first dibs. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go fucking KO someone with a German, and then they're gonna be like, <laughs> oh my god, she has to fight for the title. And I'm like, yeah, I do. That, that, you'll definitely make all the headlines if you uh, <laughs> drop drop someone with a uh, German suplex. <laughs> um, I'm a bit of a music guy, also. Um, what should, do, you, do you listen to any particular music when you're uh, training? Uh, whatever music is on at the gym, which is sometimes good and sometimes shitty. Uh, when I, if I'm working out on my own, I, I usually listen to punk or some like electronic if I need a beat to keep me going faster, or metal. Who's some of your favorite uh, artists? Well, I just did a um, a little promo reel thing because I work with Metal Blade Records okay. to, to go for because I walked out with them before. Okay, yeah, I just uh, interviewed. Uh, um, Carly Coma from the band Candiria from my podcast because he's a big MMA fan and, he, and they just came out with the album on uh, Metal Blade. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that was, awesome. that was dope. Uh, prediction for this weekend? Chaos, mayhem, German suplexes. Don't miss it. Hell yeah, too sweet. <laughs> what? That's the Bullet Club thing. <laughs> nice. Good, good to talk with you. You too. Good luck. So that was my collection of interviews with uh, a few of the fighters from Bellator during my trip out to L.A. for Bellator 170. Definitely had a great time at the events. Uh, everybody involved at Bellator that I met was super professional and super nice. Uh, so let's get to that part of the show where we uh, discuss what's going on in the world of MMA, pro wrestling, and sometimes a little bit of music. And like always, I'm joined with my co-host, pro wrestling and MMA connoisseur, and Detroit hip hop artist and proud Marine V Styles. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. How you doing, DJ K Fresh? Hey, man. Uh, we've been off two weeks because I was in LA, uh, and then I got sick. I had the flu, and it sucked. You know, so I was just like, I, I can't, I can't talk about anything last week. Whatever. I'm, I was still, I but I feel look, better. Look, now. At least, at least you could see though. I can fucking see. You know, my my. <laughs> My, you know, my vision was blurred, man. It, you know, I went to two different eye doctors because I was, I didn't like the response that the Crescent Institute gave me. So I had to go see this eye specialist and he basically told me what Crescent told me was correct. They just, 
you know, said it in such a ghetto way to, oh, you just had to, oh, just let it run its course. I'm like, what type of fucking shit is that, you know? But, you know, and in fairness, they were correct, you know? So I'm, my eyes not swole up anymore. And, yeah, I knew you I knew you was going through something, man. I was paying attention. I'm like, man, why are me and Kelly going through this shit at the same fucking time? Right, man. It sucked. I, man, like the last two days I was out in L.A., I just, like, all of a sudden, like, just caught the flu, and it was terrible because it was like mm. I had this throbbing headache, and then I was just constantly getting the chills. Like, I think that mm-hmm. was the worst part about it is that I was, like, constantly getting the chills. Like, I felt like I was cold chills, all blow. the time. The chills fucking blow, bro. Man, they I'm fucking so, blow. And I continued on. I had this as soon as I got back to Michigan for like another week. And I'm just like, every night I'm trying to go to sleep, breaking out in cold sweats constantly. And I was just like, geez, I'm like, oh, what's going on here? Come on. Like, it was, it was awful, yeah, that, man. It was awful. That's the, fu- that's the fucking worst, man. I know about some chills, man. Fuck them chills. Only time I want to feel some chills is when I'm excited about some shit. Right, man. Fuck that. And, and it's and it felt it felt exactly like that, but you get them like every two minutes. <laughs> oh Constantly. man, man. It was like it was. So it was like so, making so fuck me crazy. Your whole trip up. What's that? Did it fuck your whole trip up? No, no, because it was at the end. It was at the end of the trip. It was the last two days. Um, That's there's a the few things. Though you're supposed to have the most energy. You, like you, the last two days, it's like it's it's time to get it. Right, and there's a few things that I couldn't go do uh, those last two days, um, but for the most part, it it was a cool trip. It it wasn't regular Cali L.A. weather when I was out there. When I got out there that whole weekend, that I first got out there it was just um, a lot of rain. They got more rain mm-hmm. in one day than they get than they get like usually in a whole year. Like their drought is over. Um. <laughs> hey, you know, you know, you know, you know what's real is when I was living out in Cali back when I was in the Marines, and that song "Tony, Tony, Tony" would come on. It never rains in Southern yeah. California. Like before me living there, I used to really think it never rained in fucking <laughs> Southern California. Cause a fucking song, and then I got there, and I'm like, man, you fucking lie, you lie. It fucking <laughs> rains, and when it rains, it, whoo, it rains in Cali, boy. Oh, it rains. Yo, this one day, okay, it okay. I got there on a, a Wednesday night, like that Thursday and that Friday, it it rained off and on. That Saturday, it, that was the day of the women's march. It was actually beautiful out there. It was perfect for it. But then Sunday came around. It literally downpoured all day, like from yeah, morning yeah. to night. Like, um, I I passed by like I was passing by like a bagel shop or something. They had the news on, and um, that day Long Beach got four inches of rain, and everywhere else around uh, L.A. got around two and a half to three inches of rain. I was like, holy shit. Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Yeah, that blows. And, and, and talking to everybody, they're like, man, that's more rain than we get in a year. You know? So, <coughs> like, it was crazy. Yeah, that shit blows. And, the te- and temperature-wise, it was like in the 50s the whole time I was out there, which is, like, that's chilly out there, you know? So, I didn't, mm-hmm. I still had fun. It was still an awesome trip, but it was just like, 
there's days where I I was like, I don't care. I'm wearing my shorts. <laughs> right. <laughs> Even though it really wasn't shorts weather, I was like, I don't care. I'm wearing my shorts. It's Cali, though. It's <laughs> fucking Cali. That's how I kind of looked at it. Like, you know, it's here, you know. You know, well. But, you but know, this... But I, I wore shorts many days in Cali, and I know I wasn't supposed to. Yeah, but this time around, I was um, whether it was taking um, Ubers or public transportation, the subway or the trains, I was able to get around uh, L.A. a lot more than my previous times. And um, mm-hmm. I actually got to, like, see a lot a lot of LA, which is super cool. And I had a, uh, had a lot of fun out there. I walked a lot, dude. I felt like I was like on some like boot camp or but you something. Can walk. <laughs> yeah. You can walk for, look, look, you can walk forever in LA, man. Cause it's never in the sights. Right. You right. know? Right. And like, never in the sights. Yep. Yeah. Halfway through my trip, man, I could feel it in my body. I was like, Oh dude, man, my, Mm-hmm. My glutes are hurting right now. <laughs> My thighs are hurting. I love right walking, now. man. I love walking, especially like places like uh, you know Los Angeles, and you know it, it's just real cool. You know, especially if yeah. you've never, if you never really experienced anything as far as like you know you you trying to live life a little bit. You go to California. You go to California. New York, you know, any of the big states, man, you, you, you're going to have fun, man. You got to be like some square ass bum if you don't have fun to count. Right. Yeah. I just, there's times when I just like, I had time to kill. So I would just like walk in the direction that I need Mm -hmm. to go to and just walk, you know, then eventually it might take the subway or something, but it was like, I, I, I had a good time, you know, uh, you know, aside from the weather and then aside from getting sick at the end. You know, it, it was it was really a really enjoyable trip. You know, and I I really like LA. It's you know, there's a lot lot of stuff to do, and like you don't even like hit you know, hit you know get past the tip of the iceberg. You know, uh, even being out there a week. You know, so it, it was a good, it was a good trip. That's dope, super dope. Yeah, and then um super dope. Yeah, and um kind of go, you know it's been a couple of weeks since then um since then. But uh, I did go to Glory Kickboxing and uh, Bellator uh, that weekend. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of fun going to all the cause I went to all the press uh, and media stuff uh, around both of those events. Um, you was holding the belt, man. You was holding the belt. I was like, <laughs> how was he holding the belt? He holding the fucking belt. Yeah, like, I mean, normally had... dudes, normally dudes is is. You know, like no, you can't hold. You was holding the whose belt was you holding? Was that a replica? Or? I think that was just a replica. That because that was at um that was at the fan fest at uh Dave and Buster's, uh, and they just had the uh, ring okay. girls with uh a belt, and you could go up there and uh you know take a picture with it. Yeah, I told Mo once he once he get that Bellator title um after he gets awarded, I'm taking it from him, <laughs> and he ain't get he ain't getting that shit back, man. You know, <laughs> but real shit. Real, real, real shit, man. I, I'm glad you went. Um, he, uh, you know, he, I, I wound up talking to him after afterwards. I talked to him a little while ago. He in London right now. He should be on his way home. Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah. I, I like to, you know, I'll say this, man. Everything surrounding, um, you know, 
Bellator and Glory was super fun, but it was also very, everybody was really professional. Everybody that I talked to, everybody I had to deal with, mm -hmm. I was super, mm -hmm. I was super impressed with everything, you know. Um, Let I, me ask you this. Now, since you've been to, now, you know, I, I'm not going to say I'm biased, but I tell you, I can tell you what makes me more comfortable. Um, since you've been to a Bellator and a UFC event, tell me what you like uh, more about one or the other. You know, like what, what, what did you prefer more and why? Good uh, question, right? Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. I, I think with... I think with Bellator, I kind of like the almost like the showmanship of how they present the um, the fighters for each fight. It's you know it, it's kind of exactly. It's it's like it's like you know wrestling or what they do mm -hmm. out in Japan. Mm -hmm. um, it's Japanese style. That's yeah. what it is, man. That 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 type of style or, it originated over in over in Japan, and what it does it, it gives fighters it, it gives them personalities. Instead of more so looking like fucking robots, yeah, you know. So and, and that's and that's something uh, really everybody's going, different. Yeah, and that's something that's like a complaint with uh, UFC, especially with the Reebok deal, is that everybody looks the same. You know, it's hard for anybody to to have like their own style or own, their own sort of personality when they when they're on their way to the. Oh, to the I'm all, I, I, I never understood the dude the one that looked like somebody else. Like you know, we was coming up. That shit's called biting. You know, I I can understand the you know you wanting to be the NFL or NBA or any other major sports of fighting, but it comes it when you start taking away. You know, all of this issue, you know, for the more so about bread, you know, you prevented fighters from really making a good-ass living, man. You know, you basically, you've taken their rights away from some fighters, $100,000, to only getting the maximum because you're the champion or you've had so many fights. Bellator, you still keep your sponsors. There's no sponsor tax. So... Every sponsor you get, that's your brand. You just got to do your job by promoting that brand. You know, usually by the trunks or commercials or do advertisement or something like that. It, it, it's it's a way for fighters that's not fighting for six, seven months to still pay their bills and, and not having to rush back from for a fight. And they hurt, you know, but they got to take the fight because they need that check and they hope that they go win, but they don't know in their heart, but they need that check. So it don't matter. So they go in messed up. You know, most fighters, a majority of fighters fight with injuries, man, because they, they need that check, man. That's, yeah. and, and, and most fans wouldn't understand that, man. I've seen it with my own eyes, man. You know, I'm doing better than, than a lot of these dudes, and they're on TV all the time. And I think I told you that before. Yeah. You know? So, you know, you can just tell. You can tell the ones that's doing well. You can tell the ones that, you know, just doing a foot check. Like, I, I've seen some shit, man. And, you know, it, it's, you know, UFC not doesn't make it fun, you know, because now you got everybody want to, all of a sudden, everybody want to move up weight. They want to duck opponents to go ahead and, you know, yeah, I hate to even be like this, but you're not Conor McGregor. You can't, 
you don't generate that. You you are the guy, yeah, you may have a belt, but you are the guy that need to defend that a couple times, especially when your buys are horrid. You know, you you know, and I'm not just talking about one fight, I'm talking about a couple fights. It seems like they all doing it. Oh yeah. Even yeah. Cody 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 just won a belt. And he, I want to fight Conor McGregor. Anybody want to fight the big fight because they know that's going to make them some bread. Right, right. They, as much as I respect DC, and I totally get what he's saying, and I don't want this to even come off like a diss, but he said, and I totally get what he's saying as far as the whole John Jones ordeal and how Dana said this, that, and the other, but he can't depend on them. And, you know, but he says, when me and John Jones fight, we're going to fight on on whatever undercard that Conor McGregor is the main event on. And that strictly is a money ploy. Yeah. And I get it. I get it. You know, I get it. But it's like, damn, dude. Like, you know, Anderson Silva didn't have to do that, man, because he was whooping ass for everybody, you know, they wanted to know about, like, it's like Anderson Silva building his own street bus. You know, and, and, and before all the mega pay-per-views and this, that, and the other, man, that's why people look at him as the GOAT. You know, he came out and proclaimed Conor as the GOAT, but Conor ain't never defended his title once. You know, people get it. You know, that ain't no, no diss to him, but it's like, yeah, I'm giving that dude a straight pass. I'm giving him passes that you wouldn't give regular dudes passes on. You know, right. I don't get it. And it takes the fun away from it, you know. Yeah, there's you a know, lot out of fight. control these days. Like, out of control. Like, it, it's, it's, Yeah, and it's ever since the new owners took over, it's been like literally in disarray. Oh, dude. It's it, it's, cra- it's crazy just all the, the stuff that's sort of going on. And you almost, in these days, spe- specific, spe- specifically the past like week, you seem like it seems like Dana White's trying to uh, is seeing this now and trying to rein things in, and he's throwing out all these things to like sort of hype up like something that's going to happen in the future. He's already saying that whoever wins between Rumble and DC, uh, that John Jones is going to fight them. He's already saying yeah, that. Yeah, I've seen that. He's he's already saying that um um Cyborg's going to get a. Uh, you know, get a title shot for the new belt that's coming out. He's already... Uh, well, I did like that. I like that. Yeah. Um, he's, <laughs> he's finally, like, he's he's saying... But to me, that's almost, like, akin to, like, in the WWE when uh, they announce a return of somebody. Like, John oh, Cena's going to be indeed. coming back in two weeks. The Undertaker's going to... Remember when it was fun? It was much more fun when they just showed up, you know? Like, wait... Yeah, that's like, what I enjoy. Yeah. These these time like these days like I feel like everything's such a disarray in the UFC that Dana White's throwing out these things that still need like two or three more steps to get to you know, and you're like, yep. all right, we got okay, all right. Instead of instead of like I don't know, it just seems like they're grasping on a lot of straws to to get a lot of to sort of rein all these people in and try to get some star power into the story they have, of UFC. They have, they have no star power. Their star power is Ronda Rousey, and she's about to retire. And uh, Anderson is older. Connor is it. You're looking at it. 
So as he goes, the UFC goes. So they better keep that man on the shelf as long as they can. There ain't no diss to him, but he ain't fucking with the beat. And, <laughs> and, and, you know. Uh, and they keep on, and they keep on, you know, throwing out all these different things in regards to Conor McGregor. You still got the whole thing with Floyd Mayweather still being a, a, a hot topic. Um, every once in a while, they're like, oh, Conor might come back early, and then you don't hear about that again. You know, there's all these things that keep on going around that it's kind of crazy. Yeah, but they better... What's right for them is to focus on, on something else. You know, it... The, his next loss will affect his stock so much. And uh, whether they come in boxing or it comes in MMA, his stock is going to be affected by his next loss. People don't understand that this dude is 2-1 and one in his last three fights. He's not an unbeatable dude. The dude got L's. So when you get to talking about you know, I, I judge people on a period of time of you doing certain things. Connor, you know, it's a lot of factors to his success. He came in a, at a perfect time. Like, his timing was, like, you, you couldn't time a oh, yeah. fighter that was needed like him coming in out of the blue. He was so different than every other UFC fighter. Yeah. And that's his star power. You know, so good for him. He created that. He got, you know, his team know the numbers. You you, you, you can't front on any of that, man, but they better keep that man away from Khabib. He'll <laughs> say, oh, I'm going to keep saying that. You know, he might, you know, one day, you know, somebody might let him hit us. Man, he might hit us, Connor. No diss to you, bro. I think you, you know, you don't for what you do. But, man. Do you think uh, you don't want to fuck with you don't want to fuck with Khabib though? Do you think uh, that we will ever see another fight in the UFC from either Nate Diaz or Nick Diaz? They'll come back. That bread ain't gonna last. They they smoke good. So as long as they out there, you know, buying good, you know, the the the, the stuff that you know they own, they they you know they you know what well, they probably got sponsors, man, but. Um, I see them coming back, but it's it, so they only go see. They're smart now, and not to say that they were dumb, but they're smart. They recognize their star power. When they come back, they the full whole fucking card. It, it, it's 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 similar to um, Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Rock yeah. not having to be the world champion because they are the star. Yeah. Stars stars don't need championship belts. You know, the, the unknown dudes need championship belts to get noticed. But when you're the it factor, you know, you can get away with certain things, man. So, you know, it is what it is, man. I, I, I ain't mad. I ain't mad at DS brothers. I love them dudes. Definitely, definitely. Uh, there's a, there is a few uh, fights from the past couple of weeks I want to go back and talk about since um, um, we took a do it. little little you know hiatus from the podcast. Um, Indeed, there was there was a, uh, three fights from the women's divisions that really uh, you know I, it was very exciting to me. Uh, 
on watching them. Uh, first, there was the Felice Herrick versus uh, Alexa Grasso uh, fight. Um, yeah. Alexa was nine and zero. Uh, she was the favorite in the fight, even uh, you know with uh, with uh, Herrick having more uh, experience. But uh, yep. and, and even Herrick said that going into it that she uh, she she looked good. She assessed what was, she was doing wrong in the in the past and almost like she hit the reset button. And you could tell, bro. And her she, last two fights that wasn't the per. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, but no. What you you're, yeah, what you're you just saying that wasn't the uh, the same person that uh, we saw in this fight. Yeah. She she looked I impressive. I thought she was done. Oh. I thought she was done, and all I kept hearing them say was. Her camp says this is the best camp she's ever had, and she's in shape. And then when I seen her at weigh-ins, I was like, oh, 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 yeah. She looks the part. Is she going to be the part when she get in that cage? She was the part when she got – she was she was, she was, was the old fighter that I was like, man, she can, you know, you know, she can do some things, man. She might give, you know, around the rock. I kept, I, you know, because it's 35, right? Uh, she was in the, uh, the straw weight. Oh, yeah, no, 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 135? Was it 115? Yeah, 115. Okay, no, no, my butt's on that. But she, you know, finally looked like the, the fighter that I was like, wow, man, she's super impressive. Super impressive, man. I'm happy to see her back. And, um, you know, hopefully she gets that water to fight. Yeah, definitely. Then another strawweight fight was the Jessica Andrade versus Angela Hill, uh, which... Um, which clearly, you know, and Josh won the fight by, you know, unanimous decision, but Angela Hill, Hill won too. but she, she, even though she lost, Angela Hill won. She won. Yeah, she won. Cause she, she I usually, look, look, when it comes to Angela overkill, yeah. like, don't get me wrong, you know, I'm all for my sisters and all that. That's cool. You're a fighter, but. I'm big on humility, and I think she talks too much sometimes because she got a lot of L's on her record. Right. And that's not to take away. That's not to take away from. I mean, there's no shame in having L's in MMA, man. But I think when you criticize other people and you got L's on your record, you need to like reevaluate. You know, like look in the mirror because you can't talk about this person over here because whatever this person is doing, it's working for them. So I've always looked at her like. She got a big mouth, and then she, when she went to Invicta and, you know, won the title, I was like, okay, cool, that's cool for her. Um, I hadn't really seen her, you know, since she was in UFC. I think I watched her last Invicta fight. Um, it, if there's ever a fight where a person won losing, it was her. And yeah. I'm real happy to see that her skill – you can tell her skill set improved. Her foot movement was great. Um you know, I, I see her vacating that Invicta title. I mean, unless he decides to go down and defend it. But, you know, the UFC is going to sign her. You know, they're going to give her a deal. I mean, there's no way in the world you can't give her a deal after a fight like that, man. So kudos to her. Yeah. And hopefully hopefully she let her skill set keep doing the talking instead of running her mouth, man. I mean, you know, it's cool, but you can never clown somebody when – you know, when you taking L's back to back to back, she got a couple losses. I'm like, damn, you talk a lot. No diss, but it's just what right. I see, you know. But yeah, um, this, this was I'm, a, fun, this... I'm funny when you talk about Brock Lesnar, man, <laughs> and you know, um, 
other people, man. It's like, wow, you don't, you know, how do you know? You know, you but, mad? Why are you mad? Yeah. But this this seems like an Angela Hill that went down to Invicta, uh, kind of, you know, again, like kind of, uh, you know, did a, did, a little, did a little bit of a reset, you know? And then she came. Yeah, she reevaluated herself, and that's what was super dope about this. Yeah, and th and in this yeah, fight, she I... looked very impressive. She took she took a lot she took a lot of punches from Jessica and Josh, you know, and stayed yeah. in it. Like it, it was it was such an exciting fight, you know. So that was definitely a win, even though in even oh, though yeah. loss, you know. You can't deny it either. That's the beauty of you. You can't deny what she did. She won, even in losing. She won that fight. And, you know, so and be, good for her. She got fight. They got fight tonight, didn't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. And uh, okay, yeah, let's go. and see between those two strawweight fights, you know that that makes that that sort of that division, you know, even more exciting to me. And um, so, you know, hopefully, you know, see what happens from there. Um, another, you know, another fight uh, I wanted to talk talk about is the was the Val, uh, Valentina Shevchenko versus Juliana Pena fight. Um, I was so happy. Dog, this is Shevchenko. She's somebody who's known as a kickboxer, and yeah. and made her ass tap. No one, no one expected her to uh, have this grappling game and submit to an armbar. Me, me, me tell you something, Kelly. I used to be the biggest Ju Ju Juliana uh, Pena fan, and then you know I'm looking at her. She, and she's. Is she Mexican or Puerto Rican? What, what, what is she? Something. What she call sure. herself? What's her nickname? Oh, uh... She's Villanueva. That's what she is. Yeah. The Yeah, yeah, the Vixen. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, she had Donald... I mean, again, I ain't trying to get political, but yeah, I am. She had Donald Trump supporter. So I started looking at her a little different, and... To me, she reminded me a lot of Tiny Hill. Always, I mean, I, I I get that. Yeah, you you've been kicking ass and shit, but you know when you get the dog and Ronda Rousey, now I said some shit about Ronda Rousey, but you know I think the shit that I've said, everybody said, man. But you know, like the stuff she was saying, it was almost like she was talking shit just to build her name. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't respect that. I, 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 didn't, I didn't respect that from a new female fighter coming in like that. And I, I felt like her last couple fights, she was overly cocky, even though she won. You know, her attitude was everything. So for this fight, and I've always picked Juliana to win her fight. Yeah. For this fight, and for this fight, I, I, I picked her opponent to win because I wanted to, you know, you never want to, you know, like, I'm pretty sure she might be a good person, man, but sometimes sometimes you have to be humble in the life to appreciate certain things, man. That's what champions are all about, man. Everybody's experienced that. Muhammad Ali, Jack Dempsey, you know, Rocky Marciano. Everybody, all the greats have been humbled in such a way to where it made them better fighters. And uh, I just think she was getting too big for her bridges. So I didn't expect a tap. I thought she was gonna get outstruck, you know, but good for her opponent, man. Her opponent, you know, she she tapped that ass, you know, convincingly tapped that ass. It wasn't even a thought that that didn't happen, you know. So, you know, maybe Juliana do some reevaluating and look in the mirror and know 
you know, she said whatever she wanted, and I never thought that I'd be taking her from Ronda Rousey. But she <laughs> said what she wanted about Ronda Rousey, but Ronda Rousey got hers. She ain't got to do shit the rest of her life. If she want to be at the crib, you know, eating Cheetos and, and, <laughs> and ice cream, she can do that. She earned that right, girl. You got, you still got to fight. You ain't there yet. You ain't there yet. So hopefully this L might, you know, make her look in the mirror and say, you know what, I am a little sport. I am, you know, because these motherfuckers, they need that, man. It's like, wow, man, I, you know, Trump supporters, boy. Ooh. <laughs> and, and what's exciting now is that, you know, it looks like um... – the next uh, fight in Bantamweight would probably be uh, Nunez versus Shevchenko. Uh, so, um, Nunez, That's going to be crazy. And Nunez has, has a, uh, a, unanimous, a unanimous decision win over Shevchenko from a year ago at uh, UFC 196. But that's been a year ago, and, you know, things change, you know. So I think, you know, that's going to be a good fight. I want her. I mean, no diss. You know, I love my American top team people. But... I really hope she don't get ahead of herself because I I think she'd be the Ronda Rousey that was already beat. That wasn't the Ronda Rousey that was dominating other women. Right. That was the Ronda Rousey that was defeated by Holly Holm. So I really hope that she gets humble. Humble, you know. You know, you don't... Like, I never want nobody, you know, down there to rock with them, man, that, you know, because, you know, that's – all them guys are great, man. But I just really hope, you know, she she calms down a little bit and understand, man, you you beat Ronda Rousey, you beat the name. But you didn't beat the fighter that was beating motherfuckers like nothing. You beat a broken fighter. Ronda was broken in that fight. You know what I'm saying? She was broke. You could, you know, I've looked at that fight a million times, man, and you can see after the first strike, after the first significant strike, she was, you know, she was everywhere. And it's like, wow, you know, how can you not be prepared for that, man? You know, but I hope she don't quit, man. I hope she uh, decides to leave Edmund and go to a different camp. And um, maybe take another fight, man. Maybe not take a top flight, a top fight, but, you know, hit the reset button. There's no shame in taking an L in um, MMA, man. You know, you regroup, you move on. She's still great at what she does, man. She just needs some new tricks. And if she gets some new tricks, man, she can take over the world. And change the attitude too. I hope, you know, like that's what I really hope, man, that her attitude will switch up a little bit, man. But Nunez, uh, you know, her next fight will be a tough fight for her because word on Brock is she gasses quick. Right, right, right. You know, after the after the first round, that's her scout report. You know, after her first round, she gets to the second round, man, you know, not now, you know, she proved that, you know, you know, well, no, I'm not gonna say that because she didn't go in the second round. So she, you know, that's the scouting report. She gasped. So and you can't tell when you knock people out, man. The first round, what's gonna happen because you don't go to the second round. So you know, um, I'm glad she came out and apologized to her. 
Man, I can't believe that I'm picking up around the right now. <laughs> <laughs> But I be saying this, man. Right. Um, but I'm glad. Uh, you know, I'm just certain shit has to happen, man. You, we all got to grow, man. I just hope that uh, you know, old girl, she learned. You know, you gotta learn from this bullshit. You can't. You know, ain't no shame in taking the L, man. You you get back on that horse, man. You get riding. You keep riding. Most motherfuckers, man, can't do what you do anyway. Right. You know. So, but yeah, man, I, I'm looking forward to them to them fights, man. But I think Nunez, you know, it's gonna be her next fight gonna be real tough, you know. So I, I hope she's training for it. Yep. Uh, there's a couple other fights I want to talk about uh, from the UFC on Fox card. Uh, first off, it was the heavyweight fight, uh, uh, Francis uh, Ngannou versus uh, Andre Arlovski. Uh, did you see that? Man, you talking about Amistad number two? <laughs> you know I call Chuck Congo that. Every time I see Chuck Congo, I'll be like, Amistad! He's just like, I do not look, what's my man's name? Uh, I do not look like Hindu. I was like, dog. That's what he said to me. We laughed. Yeah, he said, I do not look like. I was like, man, you Amistad. You go always be Amistad. Hey, every time I see, every time I see, Every time I see him, we laugh, man. Only time I ain't never rooted for him was when he fought Mo, because, you know, that's home team. But, but I guess, yeah, uh, man, he, he's, a cool, he, he's a cool dude. Yeah, but I guess uh, Chuck Congo kind of passed the torch to Ngannou uh, after this last fight. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Dude, is, you know who he reminds me of? And I don't, you know, when I make this comparison, people are really not going to understand, but the people that watch both, both sports, they'll get what I'm understanding. He reminds me of Ansu from the Detroit Lions, meaning his his ceiling is so fucking high that if he get with the right team, I don't know what, who he trained with now, but I know that, uh, you know, Anthony Johnson don't get props to nobody, man. Anthony Johnson said that's the hardest he's ever been hit by anybody. Coming from... Coming from that dude, and, and, and that says a lot. So I would like to see him, man, you know, go to a team that's going to bring his skill set out, man. And like I said, I don't know what team he's on now, man, but I'm pretty sure he's not one of the top flight schools, you know, or top flight gyms, you know. I mean, it could be. I could be wrong because I don't want to disrespect nobody's coach or whatnot. But, um, I said you know, online that he's a uh, team uh, MMA factory. Say again? Uh, uh, it says online he's on Team MMA Factory. Never heard of it. He might be they. He might be they gym. He's done all that work really just with raw. He has his talent is raw. Like we haven't seen him getting taken down. We haven't seen right. him. Um, he's been in no adversity, and it's because his power takes over the fucking fight. I mean, did you see that the punch dude, that that he uh, that took uh, Arlovski down? He lifted Arlovski off the ground. It was, <laughs> it, it was, it wasn't even like it was kind of like just a wayward punch that hit him. <laughs> dude, talking about the uppercut, right? Yeah. <laughs> dude, it lifted Arlovski off the ground. I'm gonna say it one more time. It lifted Arlovski off the ground. I've never in my life seen nothing like 
Like, that was raw talent, man. You know who I hope they don't put him against? You know, uh, you might know. You know who I'm going to say, man, because you know who I'm a fan of in the heavyweights in the UFC. Wait, who would that be? I hope they don't put him against Alice Overy. Ooh. Yeah, I don't think I don't think they're I wouldn't see that yet, you know. Um I I think he, uh, he, look, they talking about they talking about putting him against Derek Lewis. I seen Derek Lewis lose to uh I think Sean Jordan. Um with a heel kick and with strikes being being put out. Um I think that will be one of those one of those fights, man, where we will see uh, Amistad number two smash my dude, man. And you know he ain't lost to he lost to Sean Jordan, man. But I just see like dude got he got so much unlimited potential to where you know literally the sky is the limit, and dude's gonna win. He's gonna fucking win, man. And, 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 if you don't believe it, you better tune in because that dude is the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another fight from that same night was the Masterville versus Cowboy Cerrone match. Um, you know, uh, Cowboy was just looking kind of flat that night. I know maybe he, he takes on too much over the year, you know, but uh, Ma- but Masterville looked very uh, very impressive though. If Masterville fight like that. The rest of his UFC career, he will be a champion, you know. I slept yeah. on him, man. I, I remember when he was in strike force, man, and he had a couple of L's, and I seen him go through a string or whatever, man. And But he's a real fighter. He's a dog. Um, I don't want to prejudge the fight, but maybe did that show that Cerrone shouldn't be fighting that welterweight? Maybe he should go back down to lightweight? Possibly. This dude was... Dude was hitting him, and, you know, you could see that it was affecting Cowboy. Cowboy don't, like, you could tell when motherfuckers getting through the Cowboy, man, because, like, you know, usually it's, if he gets hit, he resets, he resets his feet, and he, go, you know, he, he, he reanalyzes what he's going to do. But when the dude is hitting him, and he's feeling it, it's almost like he, yeah, he resets, but he don't want to feel that again, again so he'll back up. And, yeah. and Masvidal had him like that the whole fight up until, you know, him getting caught. So you could tell that the shots, the early shots was affecting him just by the language that he usually presents when he's in the octagon because generally he's dead square in the middle, and he's the aggressor. You know, when he's being affected, you know, he he's not necessarily running, but when he gets hit, he resets. And he don't want to get hit again. And you can see Masvidal capitalizing each time, man. He was seeing the same shit. So, yeah, man, it, it, it's not the typical Donald Cerrone that, you know, we're accustomed to seeing, but... It's a fight game, man. This is what happens, man. You 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 know, you you earn your you keep when you're in that in that cage. And what about what what about the ending of the uh, the first round for that fight? Uh, it looked like Massivo was, uh, you know, pretty much had Cerrone out right as time was running out, and the ref um, 
he didn't even know if uh, he. It looks like he was timing it to uh, to sort of step in when it hit zero, but he kind of went in a little early. Um, who was, it? was that Big John or was that was that my man Herb Dean? I think that was uh, Dean. Yeah, I tell whenever I see him, I'd be like, you know, we call you Herb in the hood, right? And he <laughs>, laughs. He laughs at me. We call you Herb, and they, you know, he laughs and shit. Um. He's a good referee, man. I say that's a judgmental call. I, I don't want to call him out like that, man. But I can see where people can can say, "Hey, you know what's going on there," you know. But I I don't think that I think her, you know, made a judgmental call and with the respect that Don, uh, you know, Cerrone, who he is, who he is, you know, he gave he made a judgment call and you know he let him fight the second round, you know, but. You know, he he didn't get him out of the, the, the first, but he got him out of the second. So, you know, it is what it is. Definitely, definitely. Uh, coming up this uh, weekend is uh, UFC 208, uh, Barclays Center, Brooklyn. Uh, uh, headlined by the inaugural uh, featherweight women's uh, title between uh, Holly Holm and Durandamy. Uh, I know we talked bullshit, about... Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just bullshitting. I'm bullshitting. Uh, it's it's kind of it's kind of a weird thing because um, okay um, yeah this was a, this was like we talked before this was a uh, a division that pretty much uh, Chris Cyborg alone by herself was always sort of you know, asking for, you know, there really wasn't any other women voicing up because for it. Um, look, look, look. <laughs> Kelly, check it out. I don't know if Chris Cyborg be liking your shit, but she be liking my shit a lot. Mine too. Um, yeah. See, and <laughs> that's a connection for us, bro. That is a connection. So, you know what? I, I, I want to say this on the, on this podcast right here. All right. Chris, we love you. We love you, Chris. Yeah, we love you, Chris. You know, we love you, Chris, and it would be an honor for us to, you know, just chop it up with you because we know that you're the best 145-pounder out there, and this is thing. these are things that we've been saying for years, and, you know, the people, we know that they don't understand. We feel you, Chris. <laughs> we love you, Chris. We love you, Chris. Come come holler at us and you know, uh, fresh is the word. You know, podcast. You you need to, you know, come come highlight us, man, because we believe in you. Definitely. You know, we believe. You know, and it, I got it, you back. It's it's so. It, but this whole like this whole division is so funny because she, you know, she was been she's been asking for it for such a long time. Um, Take the four off ever. The four off ever. Been asking forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> and once you know, uh once they finally started uh you know, offering her offering her fights, she was like, I need more time to recover from this massive weight cut. And she just wanted maybe Which another makes month. Sense. And then they couldn't do that, so they do this fight with uh Holly Holm Durandamy. Um. Still, you know, it's pretty much crickets from everybody. 
Cyborg gets the USADA being, all of a sudden, all these women, all these women fighters start voicing up about wanting to be a part of this division. And then things get quiet again once Dana, Dana White says that Cyborg gets a shot at this title whenever she get, comes back. So this, this division is so weird to me right now because, like, what, are, what, what, is, the, what is the plans for this? Are they, are they going to uh, sign more fighters well, from other, other places for this division? What's going to happen with this division? I'll say this. They created this division for my love. They created the 145-pound division for Chris Cyborg. Yeah. Um, she is who she is. It's no different than John Jones getting a title shot when... He comes off suspension. So, yeah. I don't really see what the argument is, you know, what people, you know, what they don't get. Um, it's about time that Dana's paid her her respect and give her her just due. She's a bona fide superstar. Yeah, that's star power. And he he knows that now. With the numbers that she generate, so I can say that I agree with Dana on this, man. This is, man, this is groundbreaking. I agree with Dana. <laughs> um, taking up for Ronda Rousey and Dana White on the same episode. Oh my goodness, this is crazy. Like, what happened? <laughs> what happened to that boy? Woo! <laughs> But uh, when it comes to this fight between Holm and Duranami, you know, do you think uh, do you think Holm got this? Um, I would like to say yeah. The chick she's fighting, she looks tough, man. She look like she fight dudes in real life. No, she did actually. So, see. See, like, and this is me. What I, <laughs> this is me knowing, not even knowing. No, I just I saw um, a post today that about a fight that she uh she act, she knocked out a dude in a real fight. See, I didn't even know that. I literally was like, she looked like she fight dudes, and you just telling me that. Wow, that's crazy. <laughs> um, um, Holly needs to go in there with a game plan like she did with Ronda. And um, if she don't, it could be a long night. I hope she wins. You know, she if Holly wins, she'd be the very first two two weight class division woman champion. So that'd be very historical. Yeah. Um. Um. But the chick that she's fighting, you know, just from what I've seen, she looks super tough, man. Even though she got more L's than Holly, and they both coming off L's. You know, that's the pick em fight. You know, normally I would be like, I go with Holly Holm. I think Holly Holm would be Ronda Rousey when they fought. But Holly didn't look like... Holly made a bad decision against Misha Tate. Um, 
And I was like, wow, why did you do that? And that was what made her lose the fight. Um, she just hasn't looked like the, the same person. So she's a footwork-type fighter, and she's a rhythm-type fighter. So if she get her footwork and her rhythm going, it can be a long night for her opponent. But, you know, uh, what's the baby girl's name? What's her last name? Uh, Durandamy. And Durandamy... If she throw them shots like I seen the, the the videos of her against Holly, yeah, I don't uh, I don't know if Holly can come back from that. There's some type, there's some different type blows for a female to to, to throw. She like bang like a dude, so it's almost like Charles Bennett, you know, like like Charles Felony Bennett, man. It's like he coming in, he coming in to bang no matter what, and it depends on you know. What AJ Newell shows up, or KJ Newell's, excuse me. You know, if it's the KJ Newell's that that underestimates this dude, you gonna get knocked out. But if the KJ Newell's that know how this dude is fighting, then then you're gonna dominate the fight. So I just really hope that Holly's uh, coaches, you know, got enough footage of old girl because she banged like a dude. Mm-hmm. Work. All right, uh, moving on to over to some uh, Bellator news. Uh, it was announced today that uh, the London card on May 19th uh, is going to be Rory McDonald versus Paul Daly. Uh, mm. Paul Daly had that crazy KO win against um, uh, Brendan Ward at uh, the Bellator. Brendan Ward, yeah. At, uh, that I went to in L.A. Uh, last month. Mm-hmm. And, oh, okay, when that happened, it was like a collective gasp. And then a, oh! <laughs> right. That's how they fight me, dude. <laughs> and, and it was crazy because Daly, uh, you know, had that, that spinning elbow that, that rocked Brennan Ward. Mm-hmm. And then he just comes up with that flying knee and just. That was the setup. Oh, my goodness. That, he just lays yeah, him set, out, man. That and, set that knee up perfectly. Oh yeah, it was crazy, man. And then he he was just laid out, man. It was just. And then we see pictures late uh, later on of uh, Brendan Ward's eye, and it was just like, holy shit, man. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. that that was nuts, man. But it still uh, didn't outdo. It still didn't outdo MVPs, though. Right. But uh, later on, uh, during the press conference, uh, Daly did call out Rory McDonald and. Uh, Looks like that's what they're going to be doing on May 19th in uh, London. Uh, how do you feel like yeah. that fight's going to uh, go? Depending on when Roy McDonald show up. How long has it been if since Roy, Rory McDonald if, fought? If, going on a year, probably, if not over a year. Let's see here. His um, last fight was... Um, was a loss to Stephen Thompson, uh, June eighteenth of uh, two thousand sixteen. So when was it? Uh, June eighteenth uh, of two thousand sixteen, and that was the only fight that he fought in two thousand sixteen, and he only fought once in two thousand fifteen. Yeah, they probably gave him signing bonus money, man. So he been living fat for a minute. You know, now it's time for him. You know, it, it, the, everything is done. It's time for you to put your. Uh, Put that life on line. Come on over here, Rory. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I fucks with Roy, man. I, I, I like uh, I like red, man. What do you call something? The red what? The um, the red it's king. The red, the red king. That's from old Game of Thrones shit. <laughs> um, I fucks with Roy McDonald, man. He's my favorite fighter. One of my favorite fighters, man. Um, um. If you just want to go on past opponents, these two against each other, Paul Daly has a puncher's chance. Um, if Rory's face holds up, which it, it should, because he hasn't fought in a minute, um, I think he might have a dominating fight against Paul Daly. Because once Rory figures him out, Paul Daly is not going to be able to do anything. And uh, he may, he may, if this is, well, it's probably a three-round fight. I would take Rory in two rounds. Yeah, and um, MVP came out saying that he he wasn't necessarily happy that uh, this fight was going uh, next. Wow, because he was calling out Paul Daly. Yeah, but. Wow. He can get the winner. I'm not sure if he if that will happen, but I mean, wasn't you know wasn't MVP's last performance, even though he won, pretty underwhelming? Um, remember that fight Styles against Gonzalez? Styles make fights, so you can look like a G1 fight, and because this fighter fights a certain way, so you trying to pull off some shit. It'll make you look like, you know, it's not exciting, even though you dominated the fight. Yeah. So casual fans will look at it a certain way. Um, All fighters have fights where, you know, it may look lackluster to the person that's in the audience, man, but styles make fights. And that's pretty much what it is, man. So, you know, I don't take nothing away from that, man. He still won the fight. You're not gonna look. You're not gonna look like. You're not gonna look the same every fight. It's impossible. Definitely. Also, there's uh, there's rumors that uh, former uh, UFC announcer Mike Goldberg has been talking with Bellator. What do you think about that? Good for him. He has the right. To, he has the right to make a living. And consider the fact that you know you're hearing that. They didn't even contact him, man. That's bad. Yeah, the That's way bad. they let they let him go was just like letting go any other employee. And he was he was the voice of the UFC for so long, yep. you know. And you just let him go like like he's the janitor or something. Like that like he was nothing. Like he was nothing to your whole little shit. Bullshit, bro. That w- that would be mm-hmm. like that would be like if the Tigers like back in the day would fire Ernie Harwell and just not say Oh anything. my god. <laughs> yeah, motherfuckers got killed for that. Yeah, man. What? So- Ernie? No, what? So Kill him! Kill him! <laughs> but not it. You know, hopefully, you know, uh, I did, you know, I did hear an uh, interview that uh, Mike Goldberg had on uh, 
the MMA hour, you know, probably about last month, where he was kind of talking about things for the first time. And, you know, he said he had, he had a, a few things that uh, he could do, you know. He could go back to, you know, there's, um, he could go back to Vegas, and I think they're, they're doing hockey in Vegas soon. So yeah. he could do that. Or he said he had a bunch of different options, but it'd be cool if, uh, if he got picked up by uh, Bellator. It would be uh, a cool thing to hear. I would love it. Yeah. Him and Jimmy Smith him and Jimmy Smith would be real cool. Yeah, I fuck with Jimmy Smith, man. He cool. Definitely. I think that will make a good partner for him. Yeah, that would be dope. That'd be dope. I would love to hear that. Alright, moving on to some uh to some pro wrestling news. Uh since we last talked, it was uh we had the Royal Rumble that happened. And uh, this weekend is uh, the SmackDown uh, Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. There's there's a lot of things going on right now that it's almost like it's almost like SmackDown is is catching a case of the Raw because there's things that are happening that aren't making sense now. Yeah, but, like how AJ Styles is not champion. Yeah, that it's getting to this point right now where it's the road to WrestleMania is being paved by putting the belt on uh, older guys who uh, who've been with the company or just older guys right now. We're at a point right now that's that, that they're um, they trying to make up the gold, bro. They're trying to make up to him, man, because it didn't go right the first time. So this is a makeup. He ain't gonna he ain't gonna hold on to that belt for man. I mean, for a long time. Yeah, it's it's just a lot of a lot of things that are just kind of like, all right, what's going? I what? mean, but there is a setup. Okay, there's either this where, it, okay, this is really weird to me. Randy Orton wins the uh, the Royal Rumble, and the next right. week he goes against uh, John Cena on SmackDown. Um, which does this lead us to believe that Cena's not going to have the belt come? WrestleMania, or are we gonna see a ton of uh, a ton of uh, Orton versus uh, John Cena matches like it's 2009 and 2010 again? I'm hearing that Bray Wyatt is gonna win that pay per view, and him and Randy Orton probably gonna go to WrestleMania. See, and, and that was one of the things that I was thinking about. I was like, this this sets up perfectly for for uh Bray Wyatt to actually have the belt, you know. I'm not sure, you know, and have and it wouldn't make sense for it to be uh um Randy Orton versus uh Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania. And I'd be I'd be I would be happy to see Bray Wyatt with the belt. <laughs> Me too. I would and and actually everything sets up for that to happen. Fan, the, the, the the fans will cheer the fuck out of that. Man, if this weekend at Elimination Chamber Bray Wyatt wins, I'll be so happy. And you, you hear a whole bunch of you deserve a chance on Raw. Oh, oh, oh. I mean, on, on, Smack, on SmackDown. Yeah, on SmackDown. Oh, definitely. <laughs> like, definitely. So that, that's the, that's a, Goddamn a, Husky Harris. That's, <laughs> that's the one thing about this all that even though in the in in all the sort of the weirdness and confusion that's going on with uh, how everything's being booked, I'm like. This could make sense, you know. This would actually make sense. 
But we'll see. And if, it will uh, make up for a lot of shit. But we'll see if WWE actually pulls the trigger on that. And uh, I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> it makes it happen, you know. Because we're seeing all, out of the Royal Rumble, we're seeing all these little storylines starting to, to happen that we're like, mm-hmm. are, are we into, we see this little flash of like Roman Reigns and The Undertaker now uh, coming yeah. from. We'll see what goes about with that. Um, everything with, we're at this point right now where it looks like there could be a possibility that it could be Goldberg and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania for the Universal belt. <laughs> That's where it yeah. could end up. <laughs> With the belt going back to Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and it's and it's like it's been cool that Kevin Owens has had the belt, but there's it hasn't been a really magnificent title run, you know. That belt hasn't had any sort of significance yet. I would like Chris Jericho to have the belt. Oh. Yeah, I wish, you know. That would I I mean they they joked about it on on uh, on Raw that the uh, mm-hmm. the main event on WrestleMania the best main event would be Kevin Owens versus Jericho, but I think that would be awesome. He just made the list, damn it. <laughs> Goldberg put mm. himself on the list. <laughs> that was corny too. That was so corny. It was corny. I'm like, man, no. I'm like, no, no, no. I know what he's about to do. Stop it. Oh no. Ah. You know, it's a be- you, know you know what's a beautiful thing? It is as a wrestling fan, when we hear Roman Reigns music, I would love a camera to be in everybody's house just to see the expression. <laughs> Dude, when he came out as number 30 at Royal Rumble, man, that was like... It was was the worst. It was the worst. (laughs) Oh, my God. Because all of a sudden, it got to the the 20s, and we're like, okay, here's where all the Undertakers and the Brock Lesnars and all those guys are coming in. All right. Then number number 30 hit, and honestly, I was like, wait a minute, who's left? And I'm like, I hear his music, and I'm like, oh shit. And then it ends we up all being felt the same way. And then, it, and then it ends up being Bray Wyatt, Randy Orton, and Roman Reigns left. I'm like, no, 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 no. I yeah, know. Yeah. <laughs> and then Randy Orton. I didn't see. I didn't, I didn't see. I didn't see the angle with Randy though. So they caught me off guard with that. Yeah, they called me on guard with Randy Orton winning it, and I was like, "Well, at least it wasn't Roman Reigns winning that." Because I just like, "Oh no, don't, what? No, him again winning it? No, 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 <laughs> no." But I, I did like Chris, I did like Chris Jericho in the Royal Rumble because half the time he stayed outside. Right. How did you know? <laughs> he was. And then the next night he That's called himself. You know. and then the next night he called himself the sixty-one minute man. <laughs> That's the goat. He is the goat. No, he just gets Jericho better, better. Goat. <laughs> That's what he got on his trunks. Goat. Greatest of all time. Oh, and then, then That's you put, time. 
Then you put That's Brady on the list. Brady got put on the list. You put Brady on the list. For, That's uh, right. For, for calling himself the goat, man. It's like <laughs> you know what happens when you call your name when you call yourself the name of somebody else. <laughs> Do you know what happens? Tom Brady. The, the beautiful part about it is the fans go crazy when that shit goes. That shit is beautiful, dude. <laughs> shit is beautiful. Yep. Oh yeah, that <laughs> with that 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 was that was a beautiful moment though. I was like, oh my god, he's about to put Tom Brady on the list. <gasps> Jericho. That shit was great. You are the greatest. Bow down. Yeah. Bow down. <laughs> Jericho, look, look, look. Jericho is one that can back it up in the ring and back it up on the mic. That's why he's one of the best, man. People go, people gonna look back on his career and be like, Chris Jericho's a bad motherfucker. Right. And I've been watching the W W well, NWA WCW. Yeah. You know when when he was on the come up and he still pretty much pulls off a lot of the same fucking moves that he did when he first started. Right, man. He's always lion done salt. lion salt. He's always done lion salt. Yeah, that that, that never changes, man. So yeah, we gonna miss him when he gone, man. Because I think he's about to leave in a minute and do some more Gofazi. Right. And it's crazy. I can almost remember the time when WCW finally put a mic in his hand and let him go. Oh, man. Like, he started with that whole, I'm the Ayatollah of rock and roller. Oh, rock and roller. <laughs> the, you love me. I'm the Ayatollah of rock and roller. Yeah, Chris Jericho. Because I remember for a while that like Chris Jericho was just like, he was just like a good cruiserweight, you know, put on good matches, but he never talked, you know, never, you know, there wasn't any personality. He was just the Lionheart, you know, he was just like the scrappy young guy that, you know, likes to, you know, win, you know, but then they put a mic in his hand and you're like, whoa, that was a bad idea. Yep. This guy is incredible, man. <laughs> I remember look, I remember when they put a mic in Brian Pillman's um hand for the first time. Bro. <laughs> Brian Pillman was crazy. Man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I I still think Brian Pillman could have been one of the greatest ever, man. Like Flying Brian? Flying Brian was that dude, man. Man. He was dope. He would have been one of the greatest ever, ever. Hollywood blinds, baby. Hollywood blind. <laughs> yep. All right, to kind of wrap things up, uh, one more thing from the wrestling world. Uh, the, the the Rock and Roll Express are going to be inducted into the WWE uh, Hall of Fame. <laughs> oh, man. What, what do you think about that? Oh, my fucking God, man. Look. I know. <laughs> I get the whole. I get the whole. Yeah, the rock and roll. I'm gonna give you a couple tag teams that should have been before the Rock and Roll Express. This is what makes tag teams great. When you have individual personalities 
and you can compete on your own. Yeah. And win on and win on your own. The problem I have with the Rock and Roll Express is they never succeeded without each other. And I prove my point to this day because they're still on the independent circuit performing at the Rock and Roll Express. Yeah. Um, um, you can't take away from their accomplishments because when they were NWA world champions, they were NWA world champions, man. They, you know, they beat teams like the Fantastics, the Midnight Express, uh, never the Royal Warriors. Um, um, you know, they, they beat them. I was an NWA guy growing up, man. So you can't front on their, what they've done tag team wise. Yeah. I could, I, I wish demolition would have been nominated and put into that needs to happen. Demolition needs to be in the hall of fame. I don't know. I don't um, know I'm what needs to the, happen for that to, ha- to happen, though, man. Because it looks like Vince wants to do everything to bury those guys from the history of of the company. That's right. That's right, though. Yeah. That's right. Um, were they Royal Warrior imitators? Yep. Everybody was Royal Warrior imitators. But the one thing Demolition did was even though we knew what they were all about, they made their own identity. People, after a while, people weren't like, these are Road Warrior ripoffs. People were like, I wonder who went between Demolition and the Road Warriors. Demolition was able to, to break that, you copying off this dude, even though they were, they made they made the WWE Tag Team Championships their own. And I wasn't a Demolition fan growing up, but as I look back on things, they're one of the greatest tag teams, man, if you really think about their accomplishments, man. Them dudes, they, they I think to this day, they got more Tag Team Championships than anybody. Um, Demolition, man, they, they, they I mean, for what, it, for what it's worth, they well, great. Tell me how many times the Powers of Pain won the world title. I'll wait. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, so, you know, I wish they would get in. They should, man. They deserve it. I think, jo- I think look, I think jobbers in the WWE need their own little need they shit in um in the Hall of Fame. I mean like every year they kind of uh everybody that's on the sort of um the lineup for the Hall of Fame are a di- are a different aspect of the the history of uh of the WWE. It's like, you know, you have the the headliner but then you have like the woman, then you have like the tag team. You know, they should have like a, you know, that jobber position, you know? They should have a jobber, dude. They should have, you know, I might 
I might hit Triple H up, man. Y'all thought about doing the Jobber Award, man? Because because somebody like because, because somebody like the Brooklyn Brawler is a historical figure in the in the the landscape of WWF, you know. Look, I can name a couple of jobbers. Iron Mike Sharp. Iron Mike Sharp, yes. Um. Uh, SD Special Delivery Joe. Yes, yes. The Bro- the Brooklyn Brawler. Um, quick draw, uh, Rick McGraw, uh, Barry Horowitz. Yeah, all these guys um, played a role that a specific role in the company, and they and and their job was to make the up and comer guys look good, and that's what their main job was. So there's no shame in being a jobber. And those guys did you it know, so hell. awesome that they were popular of doing mm-hmm. from doing it. Iron Mike Sharp can come out right now and still get a bigger pop than most main roster guys. Like, you know, so like I used to love yeah, I used we, to love the Brooklyn Brawler, man. Who who didn't love love the Brooklyn Brawler? Exactly. I remember when the Brooklyn Brawler got so popular that his manager was Bobby the Brain Heenan. <laughs> a jobber got a manager. <laughs> Look. I remember when Cactus Jack was a jobber. Yeah. Look, that's the, that's the beauty of, of Mick Foley. I remember when he used to lose every fucking week. And then fans started respecting his style. When he when he he was like a jobber in the beginning of his career. But then as fans got used to his work, he went to, uh, I think it was uh, the UWF. Um, they had this, Mid-South had just switched to the UWF. And yeah. Cactus Jack came to the UWF, and that's really where he started winning fucking matches and becoming who we know him as now. But in the beginning, that motherfucker would lose every week, <laughs> every day. <laughs> he's he for real that he was a jobber man i remember i remember like yesterday <laughs> you know so to see him where he man that dude that's why we love mick foley man you know motherfuckers know man that dude used to be a jobber and that dude won people over and his extra shit is what made him a world champion because he wasn't a world champion in the nwa or uwf or any other independent scene, um, you know, uh, uh, organizations that he was in. But he became world champion there in, in the WWF, WWE, man. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I watch him Mick Foley, man. I've always called him Cactus Jack, always. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I've, I've, yeah, I've always been more of a Cactus Jack guy. Like with him, you know, because that, that was mm-hmm. the first thing I ever saw with him was was Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack, bang bang, <laughs> bang bang. <laughs> all right, Cactus Jack, baby. All right, to close out this uh, podcast for this week, uh, I'd be remiss if we don't talk about it, uh, being that we're a couple of Detroit hip hop guys. This is mm-hmm. pretty much the Jay Dilla week, you know. This is the week of his birthday. He was born. February 7th of 1974. 
And this is also the week that he passed away 11 years ago on February 10th of 2006. Um, easily one of the greatest to ever do it in hip hop. He was very, very unique in his production style. He's the blueprint of so much that is still relevant in hip hop and soul music to this day. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. We, you know, my, my history with sort of uh, spreading the word on his music is, you know, he was the first. <laughs> I've it, it gets forgot it gets forgotten these days, you know. You were the first. <laughs> but hey y'all. Kelly was the first. I yeah, I was like the first to like I'm gonna say it again. Kelly was the first. I was the first to like, hey, there's this thing called the internet. And uh there's these people that don't know everything about everything at this you know, and they think they do. Um, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna curate this all, this whole guy's music discography, and discography, and yes. and, and teach everybody what he uh, what he actually did, you know, and didn't do, and tell you about all the stuff that you didn't have no, you had no clue that he produced. Um, Used to be www dot was it Ren? It was so yeah. Well. It, it first started as like some weird thing like localhiphop.com slash JD because it was called Renaissance Soul. And then it went from then right. it went to renaissance-soul.com. But I realized nobody knows how to spell Renaissance and everybody forgets the dash. So I cut it down Man. to rensoul.com. <laughs> For the dummies. Yeah, so I uh, had rensoul.com. Uh, which uh, centered around his discography, um, mm -hmm. and that was that was a fun time. You know, I, I met a lot of uh, like-minded people around the world. That that was that was that was a different internet th back then. That was the best. That was when the internet was That's cool, people, man. When we didn't utilize it the way that it should have got utilized. Yeah, it was like I met like-minded people around the world. You know, just because we liked a, a few of the same things, you know, we end up liking other things that, um, that were similar, you know, it isn't like that, like that today, you know, the old internet, it was so much cooler, mm -hmm. you know, and I had a lot of fun being able just to like chop it up, you know, chop it up with different people from around the globe about, about this man's music and things that sort of branched out from it, you know, and, you know, it was good times, you know, um, a lot of things changed once he passed away, which I don't even want to get into. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with but, you. But you know, the time when he was, you know, alive, it was, it was, it was great because it, he he was somebody that like you didn't necessarily have to know him or care. You didn't really have to. Didn't really have to know him to really appreciate the music. You know, he didn't have to put on all the bells and whistles of being a personality or anything to just you could just be a fan of his music and that was it you know now that, that was that was the best yeah. part about it you know you know was was super dope um i'm super lucky to have grown up literally i can remember me beads and shoes like, I remember my first time going to New York. It was it was me, Beach, and Shoes. And we was going out there to see my boy, Zoe. Zoe lived in a brownstone. Well, he lived in an apartment, like, in Brooklyn. Yeah. And we 
we literally, man, all the way from Detroit to New York, we listened to nothing but Born Unknown and this tape that Dilla, I mean, that uh, Beach said, hey, V, I got some treats for you. We would call, we would call Dilla tapes treats. Yeah, yeah. And would listen to these shits back and forth and forth and back, like all the way from Detroit and just was fucking mesmerized. I, I remember hearing, I don't know, and this is the God or uh, honest truth. I remember hearing, I don't know, in 95, 96, um, playing that shit on tape, like, as we're, you know, driving 12 hours to NY, man, we, I'm talking about we will rewind. This is before Jazzy Jeff put his scratches on it. I can remember going, he, after hearing it on tape, Beads had it, Beads and Shoes had it, hearing it on tape. And I can remember going to Brooklyn, going to Beach Street, and going vinyl shopping. And I can remember being in Beach Street, seeing a 12-inch Slum Village, uh, you know, vinyl with it saying produced by J.D., you know, white label, uh, with all of the shit that we later know come on, you know, as that first, you know, not the one, I think it was, uh, was volume two. The volume two got released by uh, my cousin R.J. Rice. Yeah. Um, at at, at Barack uh, and Good Vibe, I believe. Yeah. But I heard I heard them songs years before it got released to the world, and you know I used to run into Dilla all the time at titty bars. Like a lot of dudes think that he was his backpack. Dude, he wasn't like that. He just was a super dope dude. You know, he was kind of like, you know, he was to himself. But if he knew you, he fucked with you. But, you know, if you turn your head too quick, he was gone. You know what I'm saying? That's because because he would go home and and, and he would be in his lab on Nevada. You know what I'm saying? I, I remember them days, man. I'm talking about... I just remember a time, man, where, you know, we will always be like, man, if, you know, Dilla, you know, if he make it, man, it's going to be, you know, whatever. And then when he made it, you know what I'm saying? When we, when we first heard that running record, you know, when we first heard that stakes is high, when we first heard, like, all that shit that he was doing, man, the Buster remixes on the first album. Um, the shit he was doing, it was like we we heard that shit before that shit happened. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it. We got an opportunity to witness and be around greatness. And today people still appreciate it. And that's why we celebrate, you know, I think for us who really – you know, who, who's really into this, we do this daily anyway. I don't think it's it's a day where I don't listen to no Dilla, man, but February, that first week, second week, you know, all of, all of the month of February, 
for us is Dillamont, and this is celebrate like you know you, you had different shows, man. People wanted to you know do tributes, man. Like when I, you know, when I rock, I've been doing you know Dilla shows uh, every year the last couple of years here, and I do it you know because you know his mom you know likes me to be involved, and you know I'm blessed. You know, but a lot of times people try to make it about themselves. I never, when you're doing shit for Dilla, especially being from here and where we come from, you know, I'm blessed to have seen that, man. I'm blessed to have seen it, blessed to have been around it. Um, You know, I could tell when people really didn't know who he was because they never mentioned the titty bars. Like, Dilla was the <laughs> titty bar, dude. Right. That's real shit. People, right. you know, people people think he was just, you know, this smoking. I mean, not smoking, but uh, lighting incense. Nah, that wasn't yeah, who was he Kumbaya was. Yeah, was shit. Dilla, you know, man, like, nah. Dilla, Dilla was a street dude who was Detroit on cat, another type vibe. Yeah. You know, you know, and I ain't talking no thug like, but he was, he was more of a street dude that just had his own vibe, man, and, you know, you know, we 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 lucky, man. You know, I I I knew of your website before I knew who you was, bro. Because of the devil. Yeah, that was a fun time. Uh, during, you know, during while I was doing all that, because I just got to meet a lot of people. That because it was cool. Because like during that time of the internet, you could like sort of meet the meet that sort of niche group of people that liked something. And mm-hmm. and that was what what happened with with what I was doing. I, I like I like got to meet all these people like from hip hop that were huge fans of Dilla while he was still alive. Mm-hmm. That yeah, and it was, it was crazy. All these people that like I would run into and they knew who I was already, you know. And, and it was look, look. and it was crazy. I was Kelly. like, oh shit! I meet Ninth Wonder and I'm like, he already knows who I am, you know. And I'm like, oh, that's wow, crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> Hey, look, look, you know what's super dope? When I hear, when I hear these dudes, these industry dudes tell their Dylan stories, there's no doubt in my mind that we heard it first. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. No <laughs> doubt in my mind. You got, you got new dudes, you got new dudes that be, you know, oh, I'm Dylan, da, 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 da. okay, yeah, that yeah, might be. Yeah, I heard about this with. time with like when Q-Tip and this, and I'm like, dog, we already. Right. We we heard it a week after it happened. That, look, all <laughs> the shit that Q Tip heard, I know me and you heard first. And we was there. Shoes, <laughs> shoot, look, shoes introduced me to Dilla one day. That's how I met Dilla, man. That's how yeah. I became, you know, like I, I would get all my shit through shoes, and I try not to get caught up in all that other shit, man, because. You know, I'm, you know I'm loyal to who I'm. I'm loyal to, but at the same time, you know I, I don't get involved in that crazy shit. Because at the end of the day, don't know, nobody know except Dilla, Dilla Mama, and Shoes. So, you know, those are the people that have to, you know, sit down and uh, you know fix whatever issues there are, man. But. I I do it strictly for Dilla. I do it because it make it makes me feel like a kid again. It's one of the moments that make you 
when you really just love this and there wasn't no politics involved. You know, that's what it's all about, man. So for me to even be rocking with you all these years later after knowing that you're one of the guys who who made it, you know, who's responsible for me even becoming aware of a lot of Dilla's music was a beautiful thing, man. So, yeah, it is yeah crazy. man, I... Like, and, like, I'm glad you say that. But sometimes with me, it's just like, I, you know, sometimes I feel a little, like, I don't know, weirded out that some people still see me as that person from back then, you know, and don't realize that I do other things, you know, and whatnot. Even out, even in the music thing, you know, like, I, I just feel like sometimes people only want to talk to me when it comes to some Dilla stuff or whatever. And sometimes I can get a little old, but I understand where it comes from. You know, and I understand that those certain people, that was probably the only thing that I had in common with, you know, but it was still a fun time, you know, it just, sometimes I wish people would recognize that, that I'm much more than just this Dilla guy, you know, the Dilla dude, you know, and you are, you fucking are, Kelly. Because we rock with each other, dude. And, and I wouldn't, I mean, just keep it 100. And I'm pretty sure you feel the same way. I, if I didn't fuck with you, I wouldn't fuck with you, man. But you're yeah. a great guy. And I know. It, it's, rare, it, <laughs> it's rare when you hit it off with a person and you got a lot in common with a person. And it just make everything else that much easier. So, yeah, I'm... Um, I'm thankful to know Kelly. I'm also thankful that, you know, I met, you know, or came across Renshaw that could school me on much more than what I know about. You know what I'm saying? Because it, there was a time where if didn't nobody know nothing about Dilla, you know. Yeah, you know, and it was a good so. time. I, I really enjoyed myself. I got, I got to meet a lot of cool people. It, it was sort of my foot in the door in the music scene, you know, to kind of feel like I was a part of it all, you know, which, which it was a good time, you know. So um, I went through, you know, I met, met a lot of cool people, met a lot of people that I realized were full of shit, like we always do in this music thing. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of good, you know, a lot of uh, interesting things that I learned, you know. I don't regret any of it. Um, it was definitely much more fun when uh, JD was still alive, you know. Um, Indeed. There was, there was, you know, there was always something to look forward to, you know, in our music scene when he was still around, you know. Um, mm -hmm. that, that's something that I really, really miss, you know, and we always think about what if he's still alive, you know, what sort of music we'd hear from him these past 11 mm -hmm. years and on, you know, so it's definitely, we definitely miss the music of, uh, James Yancey, you know, you know, everything that he's done will always live on, you know, there's still a strong presence ever, but you know, there's always that what if, you know, what what would we what would we hear from this guy if he was still alive, you know? So Man, man. That, that's man. always the the question mark of life, you know. Yeah, the funny thing is is his shit all these years later still sound better than most shit, most dudes shit that's out right now. Oh. You know. Yeah, it, it, Dilla 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 was um I mean, you can't 
he was just a different dude, man. Now you, I, I like to be like, damn, now you see that nigga, now you don't. And when you don't see him, you know, he in that basement, man. He <laughs> doing his thing, man. So, I mean, I, I've, I've all, you know, when he was alive, um, you know, I run into him and we'd chop it up. Be like, man, I want to do something with you. Oh, man, we we get together. He always said, we get together, man. Da, 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 da. And that was back when I was just, you know, I was older, but I still was, you know, sharpening my skills as an MC, man, because, you know, we revered this dude. This dude, you knew he was great. You just knew it. Yeah. And then, and then when you would, you know, you see the Q-tip stories and all the rest, you know, you the Quest Love and all the rest of these dudes. It's like, man, we was there way before you motherfuckers even knew about this dude, man. That's why I can sit and smile when I see people on the big screen or cable or MTV or whatever you <laughs> at. And it's a... And then some fucking started talking about Dylan, yeah, and he was this, this. And most of the motherfuckers don't even say he was a titty bar dude. <laughs> you never hear... No, for real. Right, right. Nobody real. talks look. about that. Nobody city, talks about man, that. Look, look, look. City Pete, 8 Mile, Chicken Wings, <laughs> Shake Bar Dances, Dylan. You know, the the dopest dude you hear make beats love to be in the titty bar, man. I'd be like, wow, I see him, I see Hex. Like you, you I mean that shit you you can't front on none of that shit, man. And when I never hear these people talk about titty bars, I'd be like, Man, you ain't know that nigga, man. Get the fuck out of here. It, it, it's like it's like you Snoop Dogg and Weed, you know. You said what? It's like Snoop Dogg and Weed. Exactly. <laughs> and it's exactly it was, it was a marriage. Dylan will make beats, go to the tea bar, <laughs> go back home and make beats. Right. <laughs> he, he He's a transparent dude, man. And, you know, I, I'll never sit up in front and be like I knew all the intricacies of, 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 of Jay. But, you know, I have a lot of moments around that guy. And I'm blessed that I, I have music. You know, yeah, I didn't get a chance to record with him when he was alive, but his mom made sure that, you know, I was able to record over some of his joints. And, you know, we did it the, the legal way. So, you know, I'm blessed. You know, I've scratched shit off my bucket list because I got records with the late, great, you know, James Yancey. And um, happy birthday, my G. I know it was the other day. We're about to be celebrating something in a couple hours. I think we're going to celebrate donuts, most of us. And, uh, you know, I'll be celebrating you this weekend, man. If you're in the metropolitan area, come to Bird's Warehouse. We got got some performances. Uh, Me, Guilty Simpson, Fat Cat. Excuse me. I don't want to say me first. Guilty Simpson, Fat Cat, DJ Butter, DJ Dez, uh, Nisha Nache, um, Stretch Money, uh, my man that's on Mass Appeal, um, Bodie James, uh, and myself. 
And 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 you know my my last one out thirty one brothers man my you know my boys Low and Joe and my dude Beach man Beach like people need to hear Beach's story Beach is, is one of the dopest producers that one of the dopest artists I don't want to say dopest producer he's one of the dopest artists that most people don't know if you know anything about Dilla's uh, joint on BBE, welcome to Detroit, to join on that called Beach and them. And that was dedicated to my guy, Beach. You know, Beach Gordy Brooks, man. And, you know, he was on Master Ace uh, last album. If you got um, if you got Master, Master Ace last album, he just put out Beach in the joint with him. Um, pretty dope. Um, but it's a lot of layers to Dilla, man. A lot of layers, but motherfucker don't mention titty bar. They don't know what the fuck they talk about. <laughs> definitely, definitely. All right, definitely. Uh, happy birthday to uh, James Yancey. You always, you'll be always be remembered and always be missed. Um, that's about it for this week's uh, Fresh of the Word podcast. Uh, v Styles, tell them where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at V Styles V S T Y L E Z. You can find me. On Instagram at V S T Y L E Z, you can find me on Facebook, my my regular Facebook page at V S T Y L E Z, and my artist page, my verified artist page on Facebook, official V Styles, official common spelling right after that V S T Y L E Z, and that's where I'm at. Get at me. Cool, 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 man. We'll definitely be back next week. I'm probably not going to get sick anymore. Hopefully not to the point where I can't talk. So hopefully you'll hear us next week. All right. Bye. <laughs> Peace out. Fresh, 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 fresh is the word.